Good morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Uh, it is Dr. King's holiday today in America, uh, in most of America. I think some some places don't recognize it. I was actually alive when this became a holiday, and I remember the struggle and the fighting and the some people will get the day off, other people won't, you know, all of that. And I've worked places where this wasn't a holiday. So, yeah, as usual, we can't agree on anything. You know, who who wouldn't want to honor peace and love and and uh growth <laughs> and treating people with human decency? Ah. <laughs> America. Anyway, it's a holiday for me and my friends today. All of us are off of work, so that's good. Um Yeah, and it's just an interesting time to be alive. I think social media has made everything worse because we just know entirely too much about each other. You know, we can't hide anything. You know, I know where you eat. I know what you like to eat. I know, uh, you know, what makes you angry because you tell us all the time, you know. And so while it may seem like... uh, the insurrectionists are winning it's still more of us than there are of them and yes they have been weaponized and are dangerous but they won't win you know what I mean they just won't um I'm not trying to convert anybody into anything that I believe but I will say I believe God is in charge I believe in God I believe that that's an energy that pervades the universe. And um, yeah, you know, I think there's more people who invoke good energy versus people who invoke bad energy. The problem is, or evil energy in this case, the problem is there are a good number of people who don't invoke any energy. They're just apathetic. And I think a person like Donald Trump is a cancer that if you are apathetic about it, it just spreads. And that's what we've seen. People just want to belong to something. They want to have something that's that they, they're not a weirdo. They fit in, you know, and sometimes hate groups really attract a lot of people like that because everybody wants to feel like they belong somewhere. And like I said, when you start talking about white male disenfranchisement, I mean, when they feel disenfranchised, come on, something's really broken. You know, the, the, this whole country is designed for white males to be successful, you know. Anyway, I've gone on, on, on and on about that. I've gotten some really positive feedback, though, so thank you to you guys who listen. And uh, thank you for uh, letting me know that my passion... <laughs> about this, you know, about trying to overthrow the government is being uh, well-received. But yeah, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere. This is ridiculous. All of those people need to go to jail and, um, you know, get it together. I did see some notes over the weekend. People were commenting, look how calmly they arrest this guy. He's a, listen, I've seen some calm arrests. How, how you, how the police come at you, or how you come at the police when you're getting arrested plays a big deal in how you get arrested. That's just the facts. I've seen uh, calm arrests for non 
white terrorists as well. So just calm down. Whatever you look for, you'll find. Is This guy's getting arrested. That's the key, you know? So anyway, um, football was fantastic this weekend. We had a Missouri miracle yesterday because it looked like Kansas City might not make it past. Uh, uh, I can't think of who it was all of a sudden. Um, who was it? Damn it. <laughs> anyway, Patrick Mahomes gets knocked out. And I was super, super nervous because, oh, um, Cleveland, that's who it was. Um, because Cleveland, you know, had been playing so well and they hadn't looked good in that game. And you just thought, you know, Mahomes can score at will on these guys. Easy peasy. He'll turn it on in the fourth quarter. Well, he didn't play the fourth quarter. He got concussed. And I'm not going to lie. I miss when they used to play concussed. You know, at least they were out there. Muscle memory and all. Sorry. But I I clearly remember a game where it was, oh, gosh, I want to say it was a playoff game. And Kurt Warner gave an interview after the game where he he was glassy. He clearly was concussed. But, you know, nobody cared back then. He he finished the game and we won. I want to say it was like an NFC championship game. It was a big deal game. And uh, he couldn't hardly, I mean, he was really struggling to get words out. He looked concussed. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I remember when players played with concussions and all kinds of things. So, um, you know, gosh, I mean, this is huge for the NFL to let your stars, that's two stars with concussions, um, be taken out of big playoff games. That's huge. It's the new NFL, baby. So anyway, uh, Kansas City managed to get Chad Henney of all people. I mean, I remember, I think he played at Michigan. This dude, I remember him. He's been in the league as a backup for a long, long time. And he threw an interception, which was like, what is he doing? I mean, he obviously thought he was Pat Mahomes for a minute. But then he did some really cool things to end the game, and they won. And Andy Reid, man, that dude has ice water in his veins. He just believes in his team and his schemes, man. He's just like, draw it up. Don't matter. Put whoever's out there is going to do what I just said. I mean, that was such a huge risk. He, they totally could have lost. And everybody would be like, Chad, he sucks. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then I thought the Saints were going to win, even though it's really hard to beat a team three times in one season. But I really thought they were going to win. They seemed to just run out of juice. So then I switched over. Uh, congratulations to Tampa Bay. Man, you tell me a player doesn't make a difference. Uh, quarterback, uh, get a good quarterback. Now all of a sudden you're in the NFC Championship game. I do not think they're going to beat Green Bay though. Green Bay uh, kicked the Rams' ass on Saturday, which was fine by me because I cannot stand the Rams. They are dead to me. The way they left our city, and you'll see all these people like Colin Cowherd who follow the Rams. You'll see they'll break your heart. You'll realize the owner does not give a damn, and. You know, they've got uh, the Chargers trapped up in that stadium with them for now. But wait till they start putting inferior product on the field. Wait till when you realize that Kroenke really does not care at all about the fans or uh, anything regarding football. And 
uh, once he doesn't feel interested in it as a money-making endeavor, and he lets the team just go to shit, and he still expects you guys to keep showing up and being excited. Well, in L.A., there's a million other things to do. We kept showing up because it's like that's our team. You know, we had no idea he was just bloodletting it so he could move it away again, you know. But in L.A., there's plenty to do. I was in L.A. when we took the Rams from them. <laughs> when they sent them to St. Louis, I was in L.A. And I remember people being like, they left? They weren't that into it, you know. So anyway, I was happy to see that. Sorry, Aaron Donald, you were crying. I'm sorry the players seem like good good guys. But I can't root for you. You're dead to me. That franchise died. So see ya. Um, yeah. And then uh, the other game. I'm I'm usually good for the first game, and then the second game is sort of like, oh, okay. I think I fell asleep on it, even though I really, um, yeah, I think it was Buffalo and uh, Baltimore, and I like both of those teams, but, yeah, they put them on too late, dude. It's like, you know, I've watched several hours of football. Um, I'm good. And then last night I switched back over because it looked like the Saints were going to win. <sighs> Excuse me. I don't like to watch teams I'm kind of rooting for or lose, so I turned and watched the end of the Tiger documentary. I yawned. Maybe the yawns are coming back. Um, It was fascinating. And you get the impression that his parents did an excellent job creating a golf machine, someone who could just robotically approach golf and and, uh, play in a manner we've never seen before. I mean, and he did do that, but they kind of neglected the other parts of what you need to raise a boy to a man, you know, like talking and emotions and love and care. And his parents clearly loved him, but there is a point where you have to be able to express yourself emotionally. And I think what was interesting about all the mistresses, because that's what the second part uh, starts with or kind of gets into. The interesting thing about all the mistresses they all loved him and he allowed them to feel like they were in a relationship with him all these many 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 women except for the hoes I think he got some hookers I don't know that they're I'm sorry high-priced escorts 10 at a time my god and so that doesn't just sound like you know rich dude shenanigans that to me sounds like some sort of sex addiction or um trying to get affection through sex which is a lesson that a lot of girls learn the hard way and I guess Tiger learned that too just because somebody will have sex with you it doesn't mean they love you and so I guess when you're rich you can just keep trying to see you know so yeah I'm not feeling love yet send 10 more women up here so yeah I don't know he seems like a fascinating guy and you have to grow up and you have to do it all in front of the world. And your marriage just fell completely apart in front of the world. The drug addiction, you know, it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. But I was happy to see him win the Masters again in 2019. And uh, I watched it and it was good. And, you know, I was never rooting for him to fail or fall or any of that. I watched him play golf I'd never watched that much golf I never watched any golf before Tiger Woods 
And it was a real blessing and a treat to watch someone be that good at something. But it, the, the cautionary tale is when you're that good at one thing, there's something else that's suffering. You know, it's like Warren Buffett. There's a docu-series, or it was just a little documentary on HBO about him, too, called Becoming Warren Buffett, I think. And he is so good with money that he was terrible with, like, talking and people. Like, his first wife was like, (laughs) you know, I had to encourage him to, like, look people in the eye and maybe not treat everybody like math. So... When you're that myopically good at one thing, there's something that's suffering. So, yeah, it was interesting. I'm still a Tiger Woods fan. uh, And he seems like a grown man now. And just, he handled his addictions. And it's hard. I can't imagine what it would be like to be that kid and have that level of success and that level of pressure put on you. What if he had been terrible? You know, his dad was up here hyping him since he was two years old. I mean, that's a lot of pressure to put on a baby. And then to grow up and you don't want to let your parents down. You know they've invested all this time, money, energy, effort into you don't. Ugh, that would just woof, talk about walking a gauntlet. And he didn't have a lot of friends. And you could tell he was socially awkward. Whew. Anyway, uh I enjoyed football this weekend. I enjoyed watching the Tiger Woods week uh, docu-series this weekend. I finished that. You know, um, I really have been leaning into trying to relax, and it's been great. <laughs> it really has. I did a little bit of work on Saturday. I did a lot of work through the week. Uh, not successful in some of my work projects. But, you know, it, it feels good to be rested and not super stressed out to the max all the time. And that's where I was before COVID. So thank you, COVID. I mean, it hasn't been all bad. I'm sorry so many people have had to die because of our arrogance and ineptitude and selfishness as a country. My God. Um, But like I said, it hasn't been all bad in terms of the changes it's made in in families. Um, In, oh, I love being able to pick my groceries up from the store. You know, so convenient without having to go in a store. Um, uh, I just, you know, I like the work schedules. I like, you know, unfortunately, though, it just seems to be surging around certain parts. So then it's like, oh, okay, I'm getting this convenient schedule because of something terrible. But, you know, we're forever changed. We're never going back to what it was before. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And, you know, I just... I think we need to focus on being better people. So many people out here are just going to lie to you, to your face, Uh, whether it's a politician, whether it's somebody who just doesn't want to get caught doing something, whatever it is, we've got an inordinate amount of people who think they're slick. I don't know how this has happened, Um, but, you know, we just need to focus on being a better society and everybody feels like it's not their fault. Nothing's their fault. Trump doesn't think uh, spreading COVID's his fault. Nothing is his fault. And he's just pretty much ripped this thing down to the studs. I mean, we've gone backwards. We're out here um, looking like we're in the 1800s, not the 2000s. You know what I mean? We're in the 2000s. (laughs) 
<laughs> we're in the 20, 2020s. He's got us out here looking like we're in the 1820s. I mean, it's just insane. He has made people primitive and primal. You know, not all people, but the people who wanted to be molded into something else, who needed a new identity or needed to reaffirm this this path they're on, they found it in him. You know, he's made people primitive. You know, I'm going to I'm going to kidnap and assassinate these people because they're not doing what my president wants. What is that? This is not like, (laughs) you know, this is not the 1800s, yo. And you think you can get away with that? We have cameras and your cell phone data. You know, come on. I don't know. Indoctrination. This is what it looks like. This is the ugliest part of modern American history. So let's all just be vigilant and do our part and, um, you know, have faith. Faith is required. And I think, you know, that's the overall message from Dr. King. And I know a lot of people are, this is probably going to blow some people's minds, I guess, maybe, I don't know. But a lot of people, um, started to see a change in Dr. King before he got assassinated. He was a little less love and peace and like, let's not fight. You know, uh, he was a lot, a little more becoming militant, which was what happens when you keep getting your ass kicked. Eventually you're like, you know what? This way ain't working. So he got a little bit more hostile there towards the end. And then he was assassinated. So, you know, it's almost like, we were able to freeze him into this saintly, you know, uh, version of a person. But, you know, I think the thing that matters to me the most with Dr. King is he saw a world and he dared to change it. How he tried to do that is left to the history books. You'll interpret him the way you will interpret him. We are only privy to a certain amount of information. It's not like we've had a whole ton of his his close co- cohorts tell us about his life in any uh, significant way. It's not like we've ever heard anything different, you know. Uh, so it is what it is. But I will say I like to focus on the fact that he he saw a world that was, quote unquote, reality and he dared to change it. And I think that's a, a great message for all of us, you know, and let's just hope that people dare to change it in a positive way. Um, and I think most of us want that. Most people want peace. Most people want their kids to grow up uh, and have access to good quality uh, education, good quality food, get all the things they want. Uh, everybody wants the same things. We just are completely clueless as to how to, to do that for the masses. But your participation is required. And that's the part people don't like. They just want everything to just show up, you know. But your participation is required. And I think that's the best lesson that we can learn from Dr. King. So I hope you have a wonderful day today. I hope your dreams are coming true. I hope that you are the person you wanted to be, you know. Um, And if you're not, start there. You know, the only thing you can change is you. And you can be a better person at any time that you decide to do so. So if that's your issue, work on it. 
you know, we're all works in progress. So I hope you have an amazing week. I hope you have a wonderful Monday. Enjoy if you have it off. If not, get a better job. Just kidding. Uh, I've worked many jobs where (laughs) this was not a holiday. So, um, you know, but if it is time to switch careers, do that. All right. Be well. Be safe. We'll talk soon. Be your best. And it's mostly because I love you. I love you. I love you.